The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, how are you? Kevin Goatee, Gutting the Sacred Cow, back again, back with another familiar face, the lovable, the affable, the O for 5, Bill Schultz makes a return on this episode to do the granddaddy of all superhero films, and that is Superman, the original. Before we get into it, do not forget, head over to the Gutting the Sacred Cow website and get yourself a cool, brand new t-shirt like this, Uh uh-uh. Whoop, whoop, as they say in Juggalo land. Make sure you're going to guttingthesacredcow.com to go to that merch shop, as well as check out our our blogs we have every Monday through Friday. Don't forget, please, five-star rating, two or three-sentence review on any podcast platform that you please. Please give us those reviews. We love them. We appreciate them. We tweet them out. And, of course, if you're looking to advertise, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. And again, thank you all for being fans, friends, all the kind words, all the support. You guys are the bomb. And now, can Bill Schultz finally get the monkey off his bat doing Superman? Here we go. Hey, gang, how are you? Before we get to our podcast, let's talk about Podcorn. You've heard me talk about them before many times, and they are sponsoring yet again because they are awesome. We love Podcorn. You know why? Because Podcorn does a multitude of things. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to other amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities like host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, mid-roll, post-roll, cinnamon roll ads, whatever, right? That was ad-libbed. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose your opportunities right on the platform, set your own rates, and collaborate with the brands without any exclusivity. That's the best part. They don't own you. You own you. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here every single step of the way to make sure you're protected and that you get paid and no one tries skipping out on the check. Remember running out as a kid at the diner? That wasn't cool. It's funny, but when you're older... It's not cool. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, freedom, and full control of how we monetize and when we monetize. Click the link in my show notes to sign up for Podcorn for free and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Podcorn, you guys are the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Gather around, here's what I know. It's just that this Bitches, leave. Kevin Israel, name that film. No idea. 
I could think of like 10 movies that it could possibly be, but I no idea. So your brother can... How about, returning, how about returning guest Bill Schultz, everybody? A fan fucking favorite. Do you know? Bitches, leave. Bitches, leave. Think of the way I said it, too. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, oh, bitches, leave. All right, I give up. Total, no, sorry, I take that back. RoboCop, which has been on. Oh, no, yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. I haven't seen really? that in 30 years. Well, you're, you're, that's your loss. But hey, it is. <laughs> Bill Schultz is back, gutting the sacred cow is back. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel. You know him, you love him, you kind of sort of tolerate him. But Bill Schultz is here, kids, and wow, we are having ourselves the time of our lives. Today, as we record this, Kevin Israel and I are going to celebrate a little milestone. And that is our all-time single high for the day downloads. Oh, I, you know high. what? You updated me midday, but I never got, I don't know what it is, what it ended with. We are currently at 663 for the day. Very nice. A few more for the d- number of the beast, and we're ready to fucking rock. That is fantastic. Thanks to all of you out there, fans, friends, even foes, if we have any. I think we're all pretty simpatico with everybody. We can't thank you enough for gutting the sacred cow. Truly, it means a lot to us, and this is a huge day. We've shattered our single-day record. We can't thank you enough. Please continue to subscribe. Tell your friends. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. Bill Schultz, as I had mentioned, this is his one, two, three, four, five. This is his fifth appearance. This is his five. This is, well, okay. But see, how do you want to count six. that? Because no, twice, I, think it's I was defending Yeah, yeah. I think it's sixth appearance overall because of oh, the right. live show. Bill yeah. Schultz's sixth appearance in a year and a half. Oh, good God. Bill has decided to take on, and I think we're going to go through a new jag in this next month or two. We're back with superhero films. Bill's going right to the start of it all. And he is going with the 1978 classic Superman. Classic. Interesting. Interesting choice of words. Clyde, oh, well, we'll be the we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> the twenty nineteen seventy eight year it came out and it uh, made some money. First of all, a budget of fifty five million dollars. Was that a high trans- at that time? I mean, it, it, wait, it, does that, that's got to be adjusted for inflation, right? It no, couldn't be 55 not. at the time. Well, really? I got that it. had to be the high of all time yeah. in 78. I, mean, I can't think of another was, movie that would have cost more. What yeah. was Star Wars? No way. Well, but half of it went to Marlon Brando. <laughs> so 55 million, 55 million back then, translation into today's money. $221.8 million. Now, the haul that it brought in is a lot. $300 million wow. in 1978. Wow. <laughs> and a haul of $1.2 billion for adjusted. God damn. That made Avengers Infinity War money here, folks. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, impressive. Amazing. I just... Got my notes in the in my dinner. That's awesome timing there, Kevin. Okay, 
we all know the game. We're going to play because we love it. IMDB, as we know, is a scale one through ten with decimal points. Bill Schultz, our esteemed fan and friend and guest, what did Superman get on the IMDB one through ten with decimal points? Seven. Mr. Israel, adorned in Superman shirt and green screen. Well, he is? I didn't even notice. <laughs> Eight, six. Seven, three. Wow. Schultz huh. with the uh, closer mark to the, nut, yeah. to the, to the bullseye. Rotten, to- Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100. Kevin Israel, critics, Rotten Tomato score, if you be so kind. 80. Bill Schultz. Three. All right, I'll do 85. How about we do 94 from the critics? Wow. Don't celebrate that, Bill. You weren't close. It is. We already know how this this movie ends with you guys saying I didn't gut it. So I'm thinking (laughs) where I can get it. I was going to save. So, okay. Oh, Bill, listen, there's always hope for you. Never, never give up on hope. Condescending. (laughs) Even the dirtbag Eagles won a Super Bowl. So there is hope for you after all. Bill Schultz, what did the audience give Superman? Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, boy. Um, Well, there's no accounting for taste when it comes to the masses. Case in point, Kevin Israel. I'm going to say, I'm going to go 85 again. Israel, I, I got to think if the if the critics are in the 90s, the audience has to be in the 90s. I'm going to say 92. Get Bill Schultz two showcases, 86. Wow. Yeah, Bill. I'm three for three. Yeah, Bill. Even if you don't get a gutting, at least you have something to. I got this. In. I always do terrible at this part. He, listen, now the student has become the master. Quotes? Although it's like it's okay. like when the Royals do have a good spring training, you know, and then you see the regular season. That's that's what I'm worried about. Quotes. Film is not very quotable. Want to go up and play records? God, the fifties were boring as shit. Unless play records in quotes is code for butt stuff. It's not Netflix and chill back then. It was literally playing records. Sock hop and car pocket, car uh, parking. I guess they call it. Kevin Israel, what yeah. quotes do you have? This always stuck out to me ever since I was a kid. You've got me. Who's got you? I, uh, and and don't look, just fly. We've got something. I ain't saying what it is. That's a good one. Schultz, baby, what do you have for quotes? Well, there's only one relatively good quote in the entire movie, and that is, uh, Lois, there's only one P in rapist. <laughs> I forgot about that. that was yeah. good. <laughs> it was a nice juxtaposition between the smallville that he came from and the big city with all its big crime that he was going to. That happens constantly, even in broad daylight. I'll say yes. big crime. Oh, as he proves the, the day that he gets the job. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Bill Schultz and I trade texts quite often, and Bill Schultz had this kind of sorta in one of his. Marlon Brando had cue cards hidden on this set, as well as The Godfather. Where? How about Baby Superman's diaper for one? True, 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 true. Stop it. Nope. That's oh yeah, crazy. You think that's it's called crazy? method acting, Israel? Look into it. I'm not an actor. I don't. Have I was going to say he's not an actor. I mean, I can uh, if you want true. me to. 
Number two, Chris Reeve was trained by none other than David Prowse. Does that name ring a bell? It does, but I'll let Kevin go first in case he wants to take this. Oh, I have I, no idea who that is. David it Prowse. Is Darth Vader. Yes, he was Darth Vader. He wanted to play Superman, but he couldn't because he wasn't American. Which and was he was ugly and old. Yeah, yeah, which would not fly in this day and age because anyone can play anyone this day and age, True. despite what you look like or your. Well, he was also an African American woman, which would have helped. Now, yeah. what did he train him to do? He trained to him get to get big. Yeah, because he was, I think Reeves is like six five and like a buck seventy. He put yeah. on 50, 50 pounds of muscle. To oh, play oh, he tra- oh, oh, he like he, he yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that was a really big deal because um, that was before this was before Raging Bull, and the whole idea of an actor changing his body for a role never really been done. Well, the so the irony is that the new super the TV show Superman, who was in Supergirl, and when he first appeared, he's ve- he's very skinny. And oh. everybody could criticize. So now that he's got his own show, Lois and Clark, I think it's called. Uh, he no, he he's wears a muscle suit. Are you? Oh wow! And it's so blatantly obvious. He's got these like big, falsely rounded shoulders that nobody has, and it's so obvious. And the show actually isn't terrible. But every time you see Superman, you're just like, why didn't you just just spend a year in the gym? Like you look ridiculous. I remember that being, and it's so it's it's so weird that this is such a controversy in our day and age where everything's just got to be as real that's not CGI enabled. But I remember that was a controversy with the guy that played Shazam, and that people on the internet were like, "Look at his muscle costume," and then he decided stupidly to go after all the haters and say, "It's a hundred percent my muscle." When it, you look at it, it's kind of no, clearly not, it not, wasn't. But, but at yeah. least Shazam is supposed to be like a fantastic like. He's not yeah. a person. He's supposed to be magic. So like, you could kind of buy into it, but Superman, Superman. Anyway. Yes. Sorry. Kevin. One of Mario Puzo. That's right. Mario Puzo, who wrote the goddamn Godfather. Mm-hmm. One of his scripts for this film was 500 pages and more of a com- or more of a comedy, complete with a cameo from none other, none other than Telly Savalas Kojak while him dropping his catchphrase, who loves you, baby? That version was scrapped. Good Please thing. tell me that it was a bald head on bald head where he bumps into Lex Luthor, looks at his head, and appreciates <laughs> it. Was that it? I'm not even kidding. Was that the No, same? but in more, more research, they said that Superman spends time flying above Metropolis and scoping out every bald head in Metropolis, and then they, he lands upon Telly Savalas, and uh, that's what happens. That's even better. All right, yeah, I stand correct. That's, that's, that's great. Kind of funny. Richard Donner accepted the director job for a million dollars. Think about a million dollars and how much that was back in 1970 fucking eight. Yeah, it was a lot. Wow. And he took the call accepting the position while on the toilet. Yes. I think we can all agree our best thinking happens while we're on the toilet. So, oh, boy, oh, boy. Considered for the role of Superman is the who's who of the late mid to late 70s. Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman. Can you imagine little Dustin Hoffman? Up, up, and away. I'm walking here. (laughs) Steve McQueen, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, and are you ready for this one? Muhammad Ali. Yes, that's true. I would. By the way, very progressive for 1978. I I would spin the earth in reverse just so I could see the Muhammad Ali Superman. Well, and I think that they were inspired by the fact that there really was an uh, DC comic, like one of those uh, 
special one-off ones where it was quite literally Muhammad Ali versus Superman. That was right around that time. Who would have thought Superman would have outlived? That's a famous guy. Oh, sorry, would, would, have, would have died before Muhammad Ali. That's mm-hmm. a good point. <laughs> Lois Lane, Leslie Ann Warren. You may remember her as Miss Scarlet from Clue, like I do. Yeah. And Ann Archer. Those well, were Leslie Ann Warren was Leslie Ann Warren was thought of because two years before that there was a musical made for TV called uh, "It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman," and Leslie Ann Warren played Lois Lane in that musical. Again, a musical on Superman. Although after Spider Man, I guess it's possible, but that was on TV, and so they thought of her for the role in the movie. I'm just going to call in Bill Schultz for do five fun facts for every episode. Yeah, this is perfect. Speaking of the aforementioned scalp, scalp, what am I saying? Scamp, Kevin Israel, it is now time for Bill Schultz for his sixth appearance and fourth attempt, unlike his co-host who was successful two out of two times, to gut Gut. the The sacred cow. So we have basically lipstick on a pig. And I mean this by saying that you've got one of the better soundtracks, orchestral soundtracks ever made that was mo- that was so purposeful for the hero in the form of John Williams. Now, John Williams thought about what Superman was and created such a beautiful, beautiful soundscape, if you will, for this otherwise dog shit movie that you forget all of its unbelievable flaws Namely, in the money that they put in the first two builds, neither of whom were uh, Christopher Reeve. A lot of people say it's Reeves. It's indeed Christopher Reeve. Um, In the form of Marlon Brando, who uh, I believe, let's see if I've got this in front of me. Marlon Brando shot, had 20 minutes of screen time. Um, He was there for, I believe, five days. Uh, He made, at the time, a eye-rolling $4 million plus 10% of the overall proceeds. This is way before Jack Nicholson ever did it. And Jack Nicholson actually was a fundamental part of Batman. Marlon Brando was a joke Hmm. with a bad wig and a cross. Let me correct you for one second. You're very close in that taking the, the cut with the gross. One actor did that in Star Wars. You know who that actor was? Alec uh, Guinness. Uh, really? That's, Good for that. He still makes fun of a guy. Of a tenured actor. Bingo. Exactly. Han Solo. Yeah. Was, he was just fresh off Apocalypse Now. And that's, <laughs> Han Solo was just happy to be here. Yeah, he, he, he was building fucking shelves and garages for people. Luke totally, was, totally. Yeah. And He's pretty, like, I get paid for this too? Yeah. Great. And uh, and Carrie Fisher was 19 with perky tits and having a mom and dad who were who were who were super famous. But yeah, Alec Guinness took the cut of Star Wars and is still getting bank from that. Continue. I, ho- I can only hope that the Alec Guinness family is getting some of those proceeds, Despite as well as the many thwarted young male Alec, Alec Guinness lovers that he uh, never paid anything for. Despite him uh, hating the role of Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh yeah, yeah, he trashed it the whole time. Until the pre- the checks started coming in, right. all right. So um, I I oh I've 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 done enough of these where I've I've realized that I sh- I've made the mistake in the past of doing too many notes where I should just hogwash. I love your notes. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, this is how much I hate this movie. 
I, I couldn't help myself. I could not help myself. So I've divided this up into several categories. We're going to start with the look first because I don't like anything that's going on with Kevin Israel's look right now. Um, You're the only first one. First of all, this movie doesn't know what it wants to be from beginning to middle to end. And it starts, I do believe, with the look. And I don't, I don't, Richard Donner was a hero as far as getting this thing actually made. And cajoling Marlon Brando, who quite literally wanted to play it as a bagel. That is not a joke. Marlon Brando wanted to play it as a bagel. Uh, Green bagel. Who knows, yeah, who knows what uh, the people on Krypton look like? Or as he called it, Krypton. No one, no one had the balls to tell him how to pronounce Krypton right. Um, so we'll start. Let, 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 let's start from the iconic Superman uniform, as far as getting you into the movie. Right, this is an iconic uniform. It has been since 1938 when the role was debuted in Action Comics issue number one. So in this day and age, you don't do what they did, and I would hesitate to say that uh, you wouldn't do it in 1978. So as a director, you can make these things your own. They completely went against canon with regards to Lex Luthor's character, period, background, all of it. Uh, and yet, he looked at the red diapers and said, yeah, no, we gotta, we gotta stick with that. We gotta stick with that. Well, but in the same sentence, he also decided to add a dumb, super 70s-looking yellow S on a cape that looks classic and um, very simple as just being a red cape. He throws another stupid sim Superman symbol on that, but he decides to fuck with that part of the uniform, but he sticks with the red underpants. And I defy anyone as an adult to get to not get distracted in every scene where you see a dude wearing lawn underwear uh, underoos and a yellow belt on said underoos and continue to take the scene seriously. Tim Burton got this. Richard Donner did not. Uh, so that alone, even in 1978, takes you away from what is going on. Let's go to Gene Hackman's vanity. Wait for one second. Wonder Woman, Linda Carter did that in 1978 in her TV show wearing that same ensemble, did she not? Oh, well, I don't know. But see, that I, that I approve of. Uh, oh, wait. Well, Linda Carter did that because she's a woman. And that's what we like to see. Now, again, if you're one of those dudes, and I respect your choices, you want to see Christopher Reeve and that get up, more power to you. I march for your rights. Thank God for Bill Schultz just gave his endorsement for gay rights and gay lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Bully for you, Bill. <laughs> Gene Hackman's vanity. The entire role was written... Uh, for a, uh, a time-honored uh, villain called Lex Luthor. Gene Hackman was not having the idea of shaving his head, which even then was considered pseudo-methody, but they, methody, but they wanted him to do it. Gene Hackman came up with the brilliant idea of Lex Luthor just having hair. Now, in hindsight, they would plant various wigs around and change up his hair enough so that it would give the idea that he was wearing toupees, including filming a scene with Ned Beatty where he's cleaning up some of his toupees and at the very end convinced Gene Hackman and his stupid vanity to finally put on at the very least a bald cap to look like the person that he was getting paid way too much money to portray and he portrayed it badly the problem another problem with this movie is that Christopher Reeve seems to think that this is a drama Gene Hackman is in it as a screwball comedy and, like, I will say this, and I will get struck down, if for no other reason than Kevin Spacey is uh, now a confirmed pedophile. 
But Kevin Spacey knew how to do Lex Luthor right. Superman Returns, not a great movie. The Lex Luthor in that movie was fantastic. One of the many reasons why, A, Kevin Spacey was menacing, and B, he was Lex Luthor. He didn't like his toupees. He only wore them when he had to. He didn't care about vanity. He cared about, and here's another big plot in Superman, real estate. That part sucked in Superman, and it sucked in Superman Returns. Real estate. How menacing is it that Lex Luthor wants more shoreline real estate? Because you can't make more of that. I, I Out of all the revisions that this movie and the script went through, the fact that they thought that that was somehow even remotely interesting blows my goddamn mind. But again, John Williams' score. It solves all wrongs. The real estate subplot we've already gotten into, Metropolis. This movie has the most lazy attempt at trying to world build a fake city. Not only <laughs> did, obviously, they film in New York, which is not a bad thing, but there was, even before CGI, matte paintings that you could quite plausibly make to look the city different. They call Park Avenue Park Avenue. Lex <laughs> Luthor is yeah. hiding out in Grand Central. It does Even the pimps look like New York City pimps, and they have the balls and Bill to actually know. give Superman a plus on his outer underwear. Uh, other than that, they were New York City pimps. It was unbelievably lazy. The whole time, you're just like, yeah, call it New York, but then people like Kevin Israel would be like, oh, no, it's Metropolis. Keep going with it. Krypton, or again, as Marlon calls it, Krypton. Looked like FX people were trying to workshop Tron and finally got it right about five years later. Uh, the amount of quaaludes that went into that set, the amount of cocaine it took to convince everyone that this was acceptable blew my mind. And to somehow justify Superman's emblem, which in hindsight is not a bad move, but Man of Steel did it better in its explanation. You can't just have the guy walking around with an S before he's called Superman. So uh, Marlon Brando just wears it. Oh, and by the way, apparently the little curly cue in your hair is genetic. Because this is how stupid this movie is. Well, we got to show that Marlon Brando is related to Christopher Reeve. So he's got a little one of those little hair curl things on it. Oh, and then young Superman, who, by the way, is exactly the same age as Christopher Reeve. Just <laughs> cast Christopher. Just make Christopher Reeve play a younger version of him. They give him the two years younger curly Q. And then finally, Christopher Reeve has it because, again, that's genetic. But it keeps the audience in it, I guess. Is that the Krypton's um, version? Of, is, is that the Krypton's version of Widow's Peak? I, I, yes, it is. <laughs> um, although, yeah, I, like, well, the Krypton thing, I will give them credit in the sense that it was a very different take from A, the comic books, and B, really, we'd never seen anything like that before with regards to a another planet that's mostly human although by the way fucking Jarrell is a lawyer like you start with the movie and he is getting all of these guys that you think are going to be major people and then they show up in superman 2 the whole thing was going to be one long snyder cut of a movie and then they decided that can't happen and then they just turned it into uh we're doing the first one and the second one at the same time but the whole movie, which wastes 50 minutes, 50 minutes before you even see Clark as a young Clark, is a debate between Jorel and these uh, elders that were all apparently very famous British actors about the relative guilty or not guilty of General Zod and his minions. And he's a lawyer. 
And now, granted, he's supposedly a scientist, but he's absolutely multitasking. He's a lawyer, too. And the entire time you're thinking, why the hell am I watching this lawyer slash scientist warn everyone about a planet that's going to blow up that no one seems to know is going to blow up? And then five minutes later, it does. But also, we get to see this uh, law and order thing that lasts 20 minutes too long. And how? who knows how many more millions? Um, the film has a weird relationship with surnames. Uh, Ned Beatty, who is otherwise a national treasure, is garbage fire in this. Uh, As bad as Lex Luthor makes the comedy, Ned Beatty was obviously cast for the really dumb, dumb dumbest shit humor that makes you cringe every time you watch it. And the amount of times I heard, Mr. Luthor, Mr. Luthor. And even then, I think they felt a little sad about calling him retarded. But let's be honest, that's what he was. Uh, And then Miss Tessmacher. Do we even know if Miss Tessmacher has a first name? I don't know if Luther was trying to keep his Me Too skills at a minimum by giving her the politeness of a Miss Tessmacher rather than calling her by her Christian name. Uh, It was Miss Tessmacher and Mr. Luthor for the first hour till I wanted to put a bullet in my head and Ned Beatty's head and then see him get raped by an inbred hick in Alabama yet again. Uh, By the way... (laughs) Quiz question, guys. Did Miss Tessmacher have a real name, first name? And if so, what was it? I do five I fun facts, not seven fun facts. It's Eve. You really, both suck. I don't think she um, really needed one. <laughs> Ned Beatty, again, was unbelievable. Just don't cast him. You had Miss Tessmacher as a henchman. There is a theory that the reason they cast Ned Beatty, even though he was hot off his character actor success of getting raped in a forest, um, was that it would look too misogynist if Luther only abused Miss Tessmacher. Be misogynist. Get rid of Ned Beatty. He was awful. Let's go to Margot Kidder. She looked, I, like, I'm sorry, I hate to say this. You both know I love the wet ladies. Respect them. <laughs> They're better Do than we? me. Well, maybe you don't. Um, well, ask your but clothes next time I Margo see her. Kidder has all the sexual appeal of a wet rat. All right. I not only was more sexually attracted to Superman's actual birth mother, who, and this was before Botox, who was pushing it. She was right. a hot stuff. Right. I wanted to fuck Ma Kent over Margot Kidder. And right. I'm sorry, but you do have to be attracted to the leading lady, Margot Kidder. And we haven't even gotten into the uh, flying poem. Uh, was <laughs> just a whiny chain smoking. I've never not wanted to smoke more in my life than watching her chain smoke Marble Reds. Marble Reds, too. God, they make her a cowboy killer. Um, and then, uh, like, and then we've got Marlon Brando, who, like, this is why Richard Donner really got fired because this big problem with Richard Donner was budget and the amount of money, the amount of time. The amount of, as Gautier mentioned, lines that were written over every aspect of the set to get this guy that is wearing a trust to hide his gut. By the way, watch the scenes where Marlon Brando's trying to run. It's the only good parts in, this, in the movie. When, the, when the, the entire thing is collapsing and Marlon Brando's sort of like, I, I can't even describe it as a wiggle. I Shitty. can't even describe it as a jig. I, I, they should have gotten a stunt up. We already discussed the amount of money that he made for absolutely nothing, and I respect him for that. But uh, that Red Sun must be a bitch because his cardio was affected in every single half-assed, mumbling, mailing-it-in scene he did. And as a result, 
It just affected the entire movie. Um, it is hilarious that um, Batman gets a lot of flack for the fact that Nicholson got top billing. Of course he got top billing. He's Nicholson. But again, Marlon Brando was the top bill. Gene Hackman was the second. And Chris Reeve in the movie is Chris Reeve. Now, granted, he was an unknown, was the third one. And the first two I spoke of single-handedly helped to ruin this dog shit pile of a movie. Now, we're going to go to suspension of disbelief. I know, I know, it's a comic book movie. The whole point is that you've got to suspend your disbelief. But there has to be a playbook. There has to be rules that we agree with. There has to be things that don't take us out of the movie. And there has to be rules, particularly when you're a director like Richard Donner that wanted to make Metropolis egregiously so, so much like New York, Example and callback that line. There's only one P and rapist. That's your first experience with Metropolis, and you're like, "Oh God, we are in it to win it." Like this is <laughs> this is not just a kids' movie here. They suspend all disbelief in the dumbest, dumbest ways possible. For starters, and the amount of time Christopher Reeve was in the stupid. Um, Fortress of Solitude. What's the one thing Marlon Brando keeps saying to him? You must not, you must, it is forbidden to interfere with human history. All right, first of all, why? I would might ask that for the 15 years that I'm in there. And second of all, the very act of an alien human being landing dead center into Kansas is in and of itself interfering with human history. And Marlon Brando was the one that planned that. So what do you mean, Marlon? What are you talking about? Here's a, here's a simple script change. It is forbidden to do weird time travel by flying around the planet a whole bunch of times. Just say that. Just say that. And then you're not taken out of this still crap movie. Uh, by the way, speaking of time travel, you are not fast enough to get two missiles, but you're fast enough to change the overall radiation of the Earth so as to change time and save the life of the woman that you killed because you earlier were not fast enough to get the missile that killed her near the San Andreas Fault, which you otherwise fixed. And uh, I, even as a kid, I remember thinking, well, and if dumb five-year-old Bill thinks that, everyone did. And just... Think things through. It insults the audience. Uh, the Clark says, I'm heading north. And you assume that it's Antarctica. For all I know, it could have been a cold year in Wisconsin. Because the bottom line is this. The man has super speed and he fucking walks there. And so and this is why. And, and he, I have a feeling a little bit of it is that egregious scene where he jumps over the train. <laughs> when he's a teenager and the special effects of him running fast are so awful. It's why we haven't seen a flash movie in as long as we have, because it looked hilarious. It looked like he was suspended in a little uh, doll and that we're doing this with his legs, but still run to the goddamn place where you want to find out the secrets of where you came from. Don't maybe, walk. Maybe run. he's going to doing his cane from Kung Fu, you know, introspective journey, you know, kind of chewing on a piece of grass while, you know, meandering up to the uh, to the great to the great white north. Fair enough. And I like the reference. But then also, why do you keep doing this? You're so yeah. well, you that's, in the, that's in the notes. That's in the notes. You don't feel cold, buddy. And again, every once in a while, maybe do a fart leg. 
You know, like walk a little bit, run a little bit, sprint a little bit. I, I, the walking the whole time. I would be excited to know where I came from, particularly if it was another planet. But I guess he's got time on his hands. Fucking Kansas. Um, I'm pretty sure you are from another planet. <laughs> Chicago is quite off. Those people are a little... Chicago oftentimes does look like wherever the fuck the Fortress of Solitude was. Um, Gang, what's going on? Kevin Goatee here yet again talking about podcorn. I love podcorn. Kevin Israel loves podcorn. You know why? Because podcorn does something awesome. They connect podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities like what you're hearing right now. We've had podcorn on this program, God, seven, eight times. Love podcorn. Remember, with podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities that are right for themselves here on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands without any exclusivities. Of course, you never give up your rights to the podcast, otherwise we sure as hell would not be doing that. Podcorn is here to help support you at every single step of the way and make sure you're protected and most importantly, get paid for the work that you do for these brands, okay? Click the link in the show notes to sign up for Podcorn. Zero cost to do that, by the way, folks. And start browsing sponsorship opportunities. We love Podcorn. Podcorn, thank you so much. Back to the show. Poor Jeff East. He was the actor who played a young Clark Kent. They had, even though no one fucking noticed, Christopher Reeve dub his voice into this poor actor's face because he doesn't look anything like Christopher Reeve, even though they gave him prosthetics. Uh, they had uh, Christopher Reeve dub his voice in. That was Christopher Reeve's idea because... That was, that uh, was Christopher Reeve's voice? I didn't even yes. notice that either. I, I no one no noticed. Idea. That's because there was no point, much like <laughs> most of the aspects of this movie. And Jeff East was not, upset, was not happy about this because much like our friend Darth Vader, who trained Christopher Reeve, uh, they did not tell him until after the movie came out that his voice was dubbed. Wow. Uh, and by the way, the age difference between the two are five years. Again, I say, and save some money. Just have Christopher Reeve not have his hair, have his hair a little longer, have it a little shorter. Play a younger version of yourself, dude. You're only 10 years older. You're in the Fortress of Solitude. Takes us out of the movie. I know we got to suspend our disbelief, but there's only so many ways you can do it. I don't give a shit that he can fly. I don't need to get into the physics of that. But stupid crap like this takes you out of a still crap movie. Um, Lex knows Superman's darkest secrets and yet tries to shoot him with a uh, machine gun and then freeze him with a freeze machine that apparently he has in Grand Central, and then also tries to kill him with horrible bad puns. Uh, again, this is the <laughs> smartest man in the world who also hired Ned Beatty. Uh, there is a weird date rapey scene with Larry Hagman as uh, the officer of a, uh, I'm sorry, the general of a, an army, and Miss Tessmacher pretending to be passed out, and they all circle, her, circle him as he tries to give her mouth to mouth. Vigorous uh, chest massage. Mm. And I would also say that I can't believe that this thing is on in the middle of the day for the amount of smoking. Uh, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm all for it, even though you look at how emaciated and, again, wet rat-like Marco Kidder looks and doesn't make you want to smoke. But this movie should have been canceled a long time ago just for that. Uh, basically, patricide. Superman kills his dad. It's not as egregious as Man, Man of Steel where, I mean, he's Superman. The dude's in a tornado. Do super speed. Go pick him up. You can still save your mom. That was terrible. But Clark knew that his dad had a heart problem. Didn't help him out with the car. 
Um, and then challenges a 75-year-old man, we think, probably not even 90, to a race. You killed your dad, Clark. And uh, <laughs> that's not even, even addressed. All we know is that he just wants to sit there in the Fortress of Solitude for 20 years and jerk off to a dad he never knew. He killed the dad that raised him. And that, in and of itself, also took me out of the movie. Uh, there was a deleted scene, and it's invariably deleted scenes are deleted for a reason. But there's a deleted scene where Marlon Brando uh, is in the Fortress of Solitude, and he's talking to um, Superman after he had first done a couple of saving people things. And he is chastising him, although isn't he supposed to be a hologram? I don't understand how they can have a back and forth. Uh, he's chastising him for the fact that he's happy with himself. This is the movie. And it is a deleted scene, and it is not explored at all in the rest of the movie. Superman Returns deals with it in a, a tiny little bit in the amazing scene when Superman comes back and he saves the plane and he lands it right in the middle of a, uh, a baseball stadium. America! And it's a beautiful scene. And you see, and this guy's a great actor. The guy that played him that looks exactly like Christopher Reeve. His name escapes me. Um, Ralph. Ralph, yeah. Thank you. He's great. I loved him. And he comes out and the entire stadium erupts in cheers. And I get chills just thinking about it. And they got the same John Williams soundtrack. It was a great scene. But the great thing about that, Brandon Ralph smirks. And he realizes he missed it. He missed the love and the, uh, the idolatry of the, of the crowd. Well, this was addressed in Superman. It was properly deleted out. But if you had a movie where Superman quite quickly starts falling a little too in love with the love that he's getting back. That fascinates me. And that marries perfectly with the kind of anti-authoritarian, weird look at society that all 70s movies were, rather than the schlock. And I know people were probably feeding for it, but they just didn't do it in a right way. I got a million more stuff here, guys, but I know you also got to interview Pat Dixon, who chose a super, who who chose a better superhero movie, by the way, to destroy. Um, in summation, I was, I, I knew I never really liked this movie. I knew I loved the score, and it solved a lot of wrongs. But in rewatching it this weekend, I can't believe that it is now uh, what did it called? It's like now been entered into the lexicon of. It's one of those awards where it's now like. Preserve for in this vault forever is one of the greatest movies ever. It is absolute diarrhea. Did it start everything for major motion picture superhero movies as we know them? Yes. Have every major motion superhero movie since then tried to deviate from the crap formula that they laid down? Yes, they have. And it started with Tim Burton. And Except while Batman Fantastic has Four. its flaws, <laughs> Batman has its flaws. I'm team this guy. Oh, I had that toy. That's a great toy. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I still, this is what a horrible. Is that the one with the belt that comes off? Oh, wait, is it? That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I love that toy. (laughs) Bill Schultz, give me a one to ten. Four at best. I would give it a two if it wasn't for John Williams. I'm going to go first, Kevin Israel. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where every day, Monday through Friday, you find great blogs from us. You're also going to hear Kevin Israel and I now twice a week on the Clubhouse app. That is right. Tuesday nights at 9, Thursday nights at 8, 
Come find us on Clubhouse. If you have not yet done so, a review would be great. GT, uh, sorry, Gutting the Sacred Cow on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Last and not least, want to advertise with us? You hear the ads running right now for this. GuttingTheSacredCow at gmail.com. We thank you very much. Notes! Hey, gang. We here on the show often use the expression, that doesn't happen. You know how we can say that with such confidence? Because we have an actual fucking scientist sponsoring this show. That's right. Mr. A.M. Compson is our new sponsor, and he's helping spread scientific knowledge with his new lecture series. Are you a nerd who thinks school is too tough? Go to A.M. Compson to find books on a wide range of science and mathematics topics. That's university-level teaching at a fraction of the cost. Are you a tough guy who thinks school is for nerds? Then go to A.M. Compson and pick up the night school version of these books, which has the same exact information condensed with punchlines and swearing. New material every few weeks. It's like OnlyFans, but their fathers are actually proud of them. So go to amcompson.com today to start learning science. That's amcompson.com. People were really into getting others to kneel before them. Now it's just a hearty suck my dick that gets the job done. The guy that's not General Zod looks like Jaws from the early Bond films. Yes. <laughs> stuck, <laughs> stuck in a piece of glass is just lame. Wait till that glass lands nearby Stone Cold Steve Austin. Then they have a real problem. <laughs> Even in a galaxy far away, older dudes with George Washington haircuts can still land and marry hot young women. The Red Sky has been there long enough for all of those dummies to pack their shit and get the fuck out of Dodge. Why yes. Are all, why are we all going down with the ship? This is not a 18th century pirate ship, guys. Abandoned ship? Yeah, that's cool. Good idea. Let's get out of here. Fucking ridiculous. These are the same dummies who write out Category 5 hurricanes. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite some time. <laughs> that Caddyshack line I got. you goddamn right you did. The special effects in this film are better than Ghostbusters, and this was six years prior, too. You son yeah. of a bitch. I yeah, that's true. I didn't know that Superman was labeled as kitty porn until they showed a young Kal-El's junk. And guess what? Now all of us are on a, wa- a watch list for this film. <laughs> How do they show the God kids? damn it. Now you tell me. I, oh, God. I, I'm so sorry. excited. I, I'm so now I watch this on YouTube. I'm on a watch list. This is the perfect time to post in there. I'm watching Superman. I don't know who this is. Prank caller, prank caller, prank caller. <laughs> <laughs> The whole creation of the Fortress of Solitude was the biggest nothing burger since the Impossible Burger at Burger King. Oof. This story... I'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to come back. The lazy exposition where Jor-El explains Superman's origins feels like the spaceship Earth ride in Epcot. For those of you who don't know, that's the ride in the big golf ball that you get on to get out of the rain for 15 minutes and breathe, yes, in, the, and breathe in the same recycled air from 1981. <laughs> Jimmy Olsen gets paid 40 bucks a week. Jesus Christ. Diamond Miners and Sierra Leone get paid more than that. Perry White, a much, much, much watered-down J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Metropolis is a Disney-fied version of Gotham City. Speaking of the crime, the mugger has the same threat level as Carrot Top, Amy Schumer, or Bill Schultz with a gun. 
Give me your <laughs> give me your purse. Nah, go get the next guy behind me about forty feet. You'll catch him about a six Mississippi. <laughs> I like the cop chasing down Ned Beatty in the tombs of Grand Central with a CB in his coat jacket pocket. I sat there waiting for his shoe to start ringing next. <laughs> you talked about Miss Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher has two amazing Daily Planets on her chest. <laughs> True. Fucking smoke show, fellas. Yeah. That red dress was. Yeah. Oh, by the way, many a nude scene, fellow, fellas. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I urge you to look them up after uh, we're, we're done with me destroying this. I will be. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought the Lex Luthor toupee angle was fucking stupid. Use those toupees as Merkins for Lois Lane when she finally bangs Superman, and then she could show him that she's a real prankster at heart. <laughs> it was the 70s. She didn't need a toupee. An hour and four in, I feel like I'm two and a half hours in. Lois Lane is such a bitch that her headline on the obituary would read, Dying Alone, Condescending Twat Corpse Eaten by 35 Minx Cats. Minx Cats. Minx Cats. The helicopter scene had absolutely zero suspense. Did anyone for a goddamn second fear for Lois Lane's life? Did anyone think she's in real imminent danger? No. I'm going to go on a record and I'll stand right. I'll give you my address. You can come to my house and fight me if you disagree. Gene Hackman, John Candy, best two laughs you'll ever hear in your entire lives. Fight me now. I fucking dare you. <laughs> Kevin, this is, going to be on, this is going to be in this week's article. Lois Lane has a huge balcony in Manhattan on a reporter's salary. Nope, yeah. that doesn't happen. Speaking of Lois Lane, why is she dressed like Elsa from Frozen just to do an interview? <laughs> I think we all know why she was dressed like that. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. Superman should have flown Lois to the Bronx and said, okay, we can do one of two things. Drop you off here or do it doggy style back on your balcony. Choice is yours. <laughs> Speaking of taking dates and flying them into the sky, how does Superman get roadhead when he does this? <laughs> They're they're flying above the clouds, and Lois Lane is wearing something just a little bit more sheer than one single-ply toilet paper, but she's not an icicle yet. Explain this to me. She should have hypothermia and be dead. Thank you. Luthor's posse is just too goddamn silly. They're more inept and as scary as the bullies in A Christmas Story. Yeah. I knew this movie is long before uh, real, real movies, and especially comic book movies, got darker. But this is so fucking hokey. And now, Tess, Miss Tessmacher playing the role of Bomb Doctor. That's the equivalent of someone getting on a plane, as Kevin Israel has aptly put, getting up on a plane during an Amer- a medical emergency and saying, I'm a doctor. <laughs> the cop does a chest massage and mouth-to-mouth on Miss Tessmacher and makes the other cops turn around. This could not be any worse than any ABC after-school special about date rape. This must this be. Is yeah, yeah. This is canon for Harvey Weinstein, folks. Blame yes. Richard Donin, Donner. Excuse me. Now we're an hour and fifty in. I feel this has the pace of the Snyder Cut and the speed of a glacier. Jimmy Olsen. Looks like, looks like Peyton Manning, by the way. He also looks like he pays dominatrices, the plural of dominatrix, thank you, to flog him. He also looks like his life's goal is to become an Applebee's Platinum member. 
Lois Lane, not the brightest bulb in the bunch. I like how she blamed the stupid car for running out of gas when the red light was on for at least a scene or two. That's like blaming the guy next to you for you shitting your pants. (laughs) All right, more Superman problems. There's no heat vision or ice breath in this edition. Talk about slow playing character development. Way to go, fellas. Spinning the earth backwards to reverse time. Fuck you. I'll spin my own globe I have here. I'll spin my globe back to reverse me agreeing to Bill Schultz for picking this fucking film. More problems. You got it. No final battle scene or let alone a chase scene to capture Lex Luthor. He willingly gets flown into jail and dropped off. Nope. No, thank you. Superman is to superhero films like McDonald's was in the 80s. Zero competition. (laughs) Oh, man, I am stealing that. And from now on, whenever I talk about Superman, I'm stealing that one. (laughs) As long as you have credit, that's fine. Now we have five. No credit. No credit. (laughs) The cast of characters that are completely one-dimensional and forgettable. How is the most iconic superhero of all time the most boring? As I said before, Storio, Story by Mario Puzo. I fell out of my fucking chair when I saw that, when I wow. saw the name flash across the credits across the screen. Because I felt like Sonny Corleone at the end of Godfather 2 after watching this film. Brains blown out in a canoe in the middle of a lake. John Williams makes everything better. Except, yes. except this fucking film. People, <laughs> people love this theme, but I'm sorry. This is not anywhere near my top 10 John Williams creations. Iconic, yes, not for me. I fucking hated this movie as a kid, and I felt out loathe it as an adult, all right? The whole story is underwhelming. <clears throat> it's a vanilla, boring character you feel zero emotion for. This was pain to get through. And I mandate anyone who tries to defend this film now, you you need to watch it again. Gene Hackman, a complete waste in this film. Zero yes. sinister yes. aspect of him. Reeve is good as Superman. Lane is eh, fine. Miss Tess Mocker is fantastic, though, guys. Let's give credit where credit is due. <laughs> but this shit drags. Uh, Kevin Israel texted me today. I called me today. I, well, I called him. And he goes, did I get the wrong cut? This is two hours and 30 minutes ago. Nope, we got the right one. This is not the extended version. Uh, Which more, is three out, three plus hours. Yeah. yeah. They don't They don't even do it. Back this one second. They don't do him justice as a teenager, showing off how he uses his powers, but only in secret. This film is a fucking stat. This film is a Suez Canal trash fire oil tanker explosion. I give this... A two and a half out of ten, and it is only for Gene Hackman and Miss Tessmacher. Fuck Superman right in its ass. This film blows. Kevin you Israel, gave it a worse one than I did. I sure did. Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. Well, gee, guys, thanks for leaving a little meat on the bones. <laughs> I'm going to let you go first for Black Panther. Don't worry. Oh, gee, thanks. This was the movie I was, was going to mention it. Remember? <laughs> this was the movie that was supposed to be me and Bill going head to head, and then you take all the points. Well done, Kev. Well yeah, done. I leave you. Listen, I leave you to do what you do best, and that's the comic book nerd shit. You're going to come in and Mariano Rivera that aspect for me, so that's why I let well, you. Well, you're going to do what I had to do with the goddamn Shining. Defend it. I want to hear you, Mr. Lawyer, Bill, defend Bill, this movie. Bill, shh. 
Go ahead, go ahead. The floor is yours. The floor is yours. Krypton looks like the shittiest planet in the universe. I would have hoped it blew up. It blew up too. There's not a single tree, and definitely no strip bars on on Krypton. True. The planet died because everybody was bored. <laughs> Fair. How come during that entire trial, Jarrell just didn't make them an offer they couldn't refuse? Hey, oh, nice. nice. And their punishment was being trapped in a transparent album cover. That's the best <laughs> the society could come up with. <laughs> Yeah, the dark side of the moon right there. Yeah, it was a Pink Floyd B-side, yeah. A society ruled by old white men with English accents. What could go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) And I actually had a note here about thinking that I was watching the extended cut, because I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, and I didn't remember the whole Krypton part of it being that long. I remember Mm -hmm. the trial, and then them putting him in the basket and flying away. I I didn't remember any of the exposition that was given. And it's almost repetitive, the exposition they give, because he explains all the powers that he's going to have when he gets to Earth to his wife. And then he explains it again while the baby's flying through the space. Yes. And which, by the way, a, a, a one and a half year old wouldn't be able to understand what was being told to him anyway. Um, nobody yeah, it's saw- like in Euro Mozart, where they put the headphones on, uh, like to right, have the, right. the yeah. classical that music. Yeah, well. it's like that. <laughs> Nobody saw that giant red storm coming at them. He at no point was like, I know you guys don't believe my words, but how about you look outside? There's a planet-sized typhoon coming at us. Even the Autobots knew to abandon Cybertron when Unicron was coming in. <laughs> Superman has all the knowledge of 28 galaxies. I don't know if you picked up on that. He no. said that. He said, in this, in this is stored the knowledge of 28 galaxies. How come that never comes up? He never displays any knowledge beyond his basic understanding of Earth. Yeah. Send the kid cool. down naked? They couldn't have just wrapped him in something? I mean, I, I get that he grew. <laughs> and by the way, here's, here's one of my biggest problems with, the, with this part of the movie. They say at one point that it took him three years to get to Earth. But then Jarrell says, by the time you see this, I've de- been dead for thousands of years. Yeah. Now, right. I understand that there's like wormholes or faster than light travel or something going on. But don't, I mean, fucking explain it. Like, I, it just made no sense to me. And, and the fact that they, they didn't leave out the line about him being dead for thousands of years, because we know it took three years to get there. It just that that whole the whole traveling from there to here bothers me and he probably should have been a little older when than when he got here it looked like he was about probably four but yeah i don't know also Wait, I, when- I, I, sorry, I, I, I have one question if i remember this right again i'm not the comic book guy you are didn't they didn't she put in his blanket didn't uh, uh mrs Super, well, superman's mom didn't she put in a blanket in the capsule as a yes. cow, and then she used, and then Ma Kent made that the yes. cape, which made it all bulletproof. Where the fuck yeah. was that in this film? I just remember that. Yeah, right that's now. you know what that's that's gone back and forth over the years through the different iterations as to whether where the but that's the only thing that would that would be understand that would explain why his suit is also indestructible. Which in Man of Steel and all the the Snyder iterations, that's kind of what you got. Um, okay. I also love how Jarrell is like, I'm going to pass on to this child all my knowledge, everything I have. He will know me, and the wife's just like. Could he maybe know me a little too? Like, does he get anything? <laughs> nah, fuck you, woman. He gets. You're he's so right. Me. She had three lines. Three lines. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't. She didn't matter. Drell was like, "This is all about me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, and they say uh, 
at one point in, I believe it's while he was floating through space, he goes, the red sun will be the source of your power. No, the yellow (laughs) sun is the source of his power. The red sun is why they didn't have any powers on Krypton. The yellow sun super, uh, super powers up his cells, which is why he can fly and he's invulnerable. Yes. God damn, man. Good call. The education montage when when Clark finally goes to uh, to to Antarctica or wherever it is, and you guys covered all that beautifully. Uh, that education montage felt like a scene directly out of two thousand and one Space Odyssey, and I cared yes. about it just as much. We didn't need it. We already heard all the exposition between being on Krypton and him floating. We didn't need any of that. I don't know why twelve years had to pass. I agree. I don't know why you had to have two different actors who didn't even kind of look like each other, but looked about the same. And he looked at least if they got a kid to be in high school, it should have been like a seventeen-year-old kid, like a young-looking kid. They got a guy who looked about the same. It made no sense, and it almost made it feel like. Did his time in the Fortress of Solitude change his genetical genetic makeup? Because this is a different person. This isn't an older person. Yes. I have always hated that Christopher Reeve, and obviously this was how he was coached, but that he played Clark as such a bumbling idiot. I get he's supposed to be awkward and he's supposed to be shy, but he, in none of the iterations is Clark Kent ever an none. idiot. He's a none. just bumbling buffoon, and it always takes me out of it because it almost makes it more noticeable because nobody's that much of an idiot. And I mean, we'll, we'll leave the whole glasses thing aside. That's been, that's been beat to death, but it's that's, that's one of the most unbelievable aspects of Superman. I think for some reason, uh, Henry Cavill does it a little better than for, he looked a little different than, than Christopher Reeve tried, but whatever. I agree. Completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just plays he plays Clark Kent as Clark Kent and doesn't try to do this buffoon. I mean, there's only one Ned Beatty in the movie, and it's not going to be Chris Reed. Right. Right. Um, Lex Luthor. There's, Lex Luthor is a massive villain throughout DC. He is a bigger-than-life guy. He's charming. He's charismatic. He's a leader. He's strong. And he's none of those things. And he hasn't really been in any of those things in any of those movies. I, I would even argue Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey got kind of the sinister side of him. But Lex Luthor's supposed to be charming. He's almost supposed to be like a Trumpian yeah. character where you want to hate him, but God damn it, when you meet him, you like him. And he's not blatantly evil. He's not evil for evil's sake. He's evil because to get to his ends, he does bad things. Gene Hackman is just bad to be bad. He kills that cop. Lex Luthor wouldn't have killed that cop. He would have never murdered the cop. Because doing that brought too much attention to where the base was, where his fortress was. And Lex Luthor would have been smarter than that. And speaking of smarter, he wouldn't have hired two dolts to be his henchman. Like maybe he would have been banging Miss Tessmacher, but he at least would have had some decent henchmen. And that is where this whole movie becomes a slapstick kind of three stooges comedy where it just, it doesn't feel like it fits in because there are points in this movie where you're supposed to feel the gravitas of Superman and the, 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 the epicness of him of saving things. Speaking of saving things, (laughs) he does, he goes from saving Lois in the helicopter to that mm-hmm. entire montage of saving, that all, all happens in one night. All <laughs> yes! in one night. And if it doesn't happen in one night, they should have made it a little more apparent that it didn't happen in one night. The boat incident, the the plane incident, the uh, the burglary incident, the cat, let's not forget the cat, all oh, yes. happened in one single <laughs> night. 
Jesus Christ, Metropolis needs a better police force. Maybe they shouldn't have to go <laughs> drink at the bar and they should be on the street stopping some of these idiots. <laughs> I, I, I do. I did really like uh, Perry. And I love yes. that, I love I that he goes, this is going to be the single most important interview since God talked to Moses. <laughs> that's, just, that's just amazing. I think he was probably one of the, one of the strongest characters in the movie. Yikes! Mm-hmm. And and I loved when <laughs> when they're when they're interviewing. She goes Krypton C R, and he goes with a K. Really, jackass? Did Kryptonians use the English alphabet? Is that how it's with a K? <laughs> it could have been with a Q Z for all we know. It's not. It doesn't matter what the fuck it's spelled like. You can make it up now. It could be whatever you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> nobody wore glasses the size of Clark Kent's. Even in the 80s, I know there was a point where people wore big glasses. Nobody wore glasses that big. It was just to overcompensate for the fact that he was a gigantic, handsome-looking Adonis of a man. And they were like, you just put big glasses on him. He'll look different. Yeah. No, he doesn't. He looks like a gigantic, handsome Adonis of a man with glasses. <laughs> and, and in that interview, this always bothered me. I think even as a little kid, he would have never given that much away. He would have never said anything. At most, he would have said, I'm from another planet, and I'm here to help you. And that's it. He, wouldn't have, he would have never said that he can't see through lead. Why would you give your weaknesses away? That's no kidding. That's the move in the no. world. He's, that's ridiculous. That's all, the, the stupidity of that is only beaten by Lex Luthor figuring out that a meteorite landed in Abu Baba, wherever that was, and somehow he knew that the radiation from that rock would be Superman's weakness. And he was dead on. There's no explanation for that. There's no. So, Lex Luthor in this movie is a super genius like doctors are in movies where it's just I'm a doctor. I can cure. I can fix anything. Lex Luthor just knows everything about everything. And that was absolutely insane. There should have been a little more getting him to figuring out the kryptonite was his weakness or save that for the next movie. It absolutely made no. It absolutely made no ch- no sense. And then Lex trusts who he knows is the biggest idiot in his three man crew to go reprogram the missile. Yeah, and is surprised when the guy fucks up. He's <laughs> an idiot. Why wouldn't you have gone and done that? That was the most important part. Let him drive the car. That that was absolutely ridiculous. And I'd like to know that I'd like you to know that Lex Luthor's super Lex Luthor's supersonic message to Superman drove my dogs batshit crazy. <laughs> oh really? Through our screen door. Yeah. He no shit. Really, oh my god. Really pissed off about yeah, it. Yeah, he said that too. Only only people with four legs and can hear right. me and you. Yeah, that noise was not something they uh they wanted to hear. I I could go on and on. The, I'm gonna leave it with the spinning of the earth backwards thing. Ugh. Even if you could do that. Even if that was physically possible, you wouldn't turn back time. You'd tear the Earth apart and destroy the moon <laughs> and probably destroy the entire solar system because of the gravitational relevance, r- relativity to all the other planets. That wouldn't go back in time. There's, that's the most batshit that doesn't make absolutely any sense at all that that is how you would go back in time. At least Flash kind of explains how he goes back in time, but that is ridiculous. And I've, I, Kevin and I just recently talked about this. I hate when movies rely on time travel. It's a really, really... Oh, movie. me too. Me it's, too. It's, it's just such a... And I, it even bothered me Infinity War, which I, I love that movie. But this was just so stupid. And so, like, then just don't kill her. Like, why did she... Just don't ever... No die. shit. There was, there, was no, there was no reason for all of that. But and I, love your th- I, I love your thought process behind that because you're absolutely right. 
not only would you not save Lois by doing this, you just kill every single other person on the planet by oh, he doing would, this. He'd be planet hunting. He'd but the, but the good go news, hang out in. The good news is that <laughs> and, he and, and by the way, the solar system is gone. <laughs> the, good, the good news is this: with him doing that, he was able to inspire Cher to write "If I Could Turn Back Time." <laughs> well, all right, all right. Just way, saying, underrated classic. And, fix, and by the way, fixing the fault, him going under the earth, whatever he did made no sense to me. I don't know what no. he was doing. I don't know how the, all that came up. So, in but the by end, the way, how did that not get added out of the script? Who gives a shit? Like, no one is sitting there watching. Like, all right, the, the saving the cat—that was kind of cute. But you know what I really want is for <laughs> Superman to figure out the plates in California. Uh, so we just never see an earthquake like we've seen. No, what? Ah! I will say this for this movie. One thing this movie did that no other superhero movie has done recently is shown Superman just solving normal people's problems, just doing normal superhero stuff. I love that. All, I agree. All the big superhero movies now are just about them fighting, you know, intergalactic yeah. battles and whatever. And seeing a superhero just do little superhero things, they kind of did it in Spider-Man. Um. Is it's nice. It's nice just to remember that. Oh yeah, this is a guy that's supposed to be helping us out. But totally agree. Why? Why do we have to go to zero to a thousand immediately? Right. I mean, the first ADD. That's why ADD. And Kev's Kev's right. Kev's right. People want to see the 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 bigger, and I mean, it just gets bigger and bigger from Iron Man on up. The the bad guys just kept getting bigger. But yeah, but I disagree. Like, I think that if you do it, if you have a good script. Oh yeah, and with minimal characters, but you do it the right way. A small is good. I yeah. really do believe that. I still yeah. think that that people there's, would there's accept that. There's been a few that. smaller superhero movies where it worked, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. As far as this I, goes, uh, I have to be honest. I don't love this movie. I never loved this movie. You I, told me you love this movie. I know. I, <laughs> I, had to, I had to kind of play it up. This this was never. I mean, as a kid, I I loved it just because it was the only. Me too. It was, it was McDonald's, Hated like Kevin said, which is a yeah. great a great analogy. That and Kevin, I, again, I'm using that. I'm using it, and I'm not giving you credit. You but I've, I've never gone back and watched this movie. I haven't watched this movie in at least 20 years. It had to it's be rough stuff. The it it didn't yeah. age well. Christopher Reeve is awesome. I mean, he he mm-hmm. he definitely looks the part. He, yeah, he filled the suit out. The suit is ridiculous. But the movie itself doesn't hold up, I, and it probably didn't hold up back then. But I can only go by what I thought of it. Well, and time. like Israel, I got to tell you, like I didn't want to like show my hand too much. But when I was a kid, and some say probably until I was too old, I had a giant poster of Christopher Reeve. Oh yeah, like, we all did. in my bedroom, Absolutely. just doing that, that classic flying thing. Oh man, yeah, I loved it back in the day. And that's like as the older I got, the more I was so angry at what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's the best a, way to put a, it. It's a bad movie, and it makes sense when you find out that it was supposed to be one movie with two, and it was going to be yes. going to be paced very differently. But yeah, yeah it, it doesn't hold up for me. I'm not going to go as quite as hard on you as you guys did. I would give it a five, just because yeah. that it, it really is the movie that set things off for super and made studios realize that superheroes were marketable. Well, and but, again, not not to beat not to beat a dead horse, but I got to tell you, man, when I was watching it again this weekend and saw all the crap flaws that I remember, but like. I'll tell you what, dude. Like, even 45-year-old piece of shit that is me, I still got chills on that John Williams soundtrack. Oh, the, you know? the, the I, like, that, anytime, a, anytime, like, score. huh? It's an amazing score. It's, it's an, unbelievable. And like, it re- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, but I got to stop this horse shit. Besides, no, 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 they well, heat, no, but that, there's that. a slow build. There's a slow build that it has. Like, it's the bump, bump, 
Like, and like, I'll give, I'll give the first two and a half minutes. It's great. It's great. I got chills when I was watching this weekend. And even when he, when he catches the bullet and he, and he catches the bullet and you hear, Dun, 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 dun. And it's really like it's subtle into it, yes. but it's like super. He just did a Superman thing. Like it's I I, I mean I love it, love it. I'll, I'll disagree with you to 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 the death on this one. I, I can I can pick ten other films that have yeah, more that have more weight that carry to them in certain scenes and certain songs. Yeah, I mean the Star Wars trilogy alone, E. T. Fucking uh, Jaws, Indiana Jones, all the Jurassic. Listen, Jurassic Park was not that great of a film, but at least the the the, the score was fucking amazing. I put all those way above Superman's score for John Williams. See, I agree that way they're oh, no, amazing, I, but I put them on par. Do you really? I agree that they're all those are all amazing scores, but I would put them on par. That those that that song is. I mean, you you play four notes of it, and everybody knows what it is. Exactly. Like, yeah. He's identified. In fact, my biggest regret about the new Superman movies is that Henry Cavill will never get to fly to that song. Like, I, I totally agree. And like. It's just if you've got a good thing going, and you know what I think kind of rules. Well, hold on, you can, you is can that argue the, the pseudo kind of sequel that was Superman Returns, where they did use a score. Yeah. That's great, but it was for the wrong enterprise. Like yeah. I, I wish they just, if they hadn't done Superman Returns, I think they would have thought it through and used it for the Henry Cavill version of Superman. I, I will end this because we have to get moving. On this point, you said that you can't use the same scores. Uh, we had uh, blah 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 blah. Danny Elfman do the Michael Keaton Batman, and then we had Hans Zimmer do the Nolan Batman, and both those scores on par with each other. Both amazing. The Elliot Goldblum yeah. ones for the second two sequels for Batman were not that good. Critics five star reviews. Five star reviews. Five star reviews by critics. While the first part of the movie is pretentious and boring, the second part adopts a comedic tone and is full of brilliant and entertaining dialogue. Full review in Spanish. (laughs) Forty years later, Superman the movie remains iconic. Its legacy will only continue to improve with time and will stand as the godfather of all superhero movies. Uh, Wow, that's somebody who hasn't seen any of the other superhero movies. Reeve died, and these are all recent reviews, fellas. Reeve died in 2004, but his Man of Steel was manlier and steelier by re- uh, than recent portrayals by Brandon Routh and Henry Cavill. Oh, that's insane. Mm. I that score is about I to drop. Gay for Henry Cavill. There, I said it. Superman still remains the best superhero movie ever made, full of humor, heart, and iconic performance by Christopher Reeve as the Man of Steel. Nostalgia. Nostalgia's a bitch. If this if this won't send shivers up your butthole, the film ranks among the greatest crowd pleasers in cinema history, an achievement it will surely hold for a long time. I feel like these were all written uh, by Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> and Mitt Romney wrote all this. Yeah. They're all wearing their magical underwear, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor. Uh, the last one, which was a five-star review, this film has aged incredibly poorly in the years since its 1978 debut. A five-star review. Go figure. <laughs> he didn't understand what the stars were. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. Critics, one-star reviews. <laughs> Superman doesn't have enough conviction or courage to be solidly square and dumb. It keeps pushing smarmy big emotions at us, but half-heartedly. I don't know what that said. I don't know, yeah. We're, we're jumble time, folks. We're jumble time. 
The film is best when it takes itself seriously, worst when it takes the easy way out in a giggly camp, as it does, finally and fatally, when Lex Luthor enters the action. Next one. Don't believe the 88 rating! This is a pretty bad movie. The pacing is horrible, not nearly two and a half hours of material, and the special effects aged poorly. One wonders how esteemed critics could have been bamboozled by such tripe. The soundtrack and opening sequence are ripped off Star Wars, which is funny but sad. Signed, not Bill Schultz. Is that what it says? You are a little ripped off of Star Wars. The problem with this is that it goes too far with Superman's powers. How? He doesn't show any of them except flying and X-ray vision. And whenever he fights a bad guy, he always wins. It's like he's indestructible and invincible, hence the title of fucking film, Jerk Off. And director Richard Donner cheesily art directs this movie with a horrible style, an engaging fashion, and a dull, dubful life. Superman would have been better if it weren't cheesy, freaking overrated, and better acting. I would have loved to see what this guy would have said about the Joel Schumacher Batman Zen. Well, yeah, uh, but also I think the the guy what the guy was saying about too far with the powers is I'm sure it was just a time travel thing. Yeah. Uh, like that, that's a that's a lot. That was a lot. Yeah, a lot. Big pill. Two more. Yeah. This is a kind of different film. Not is not a classic to me, nor better than Man of Steel. It looks like an expensive TV movie. The cast and acting are fine, but none of them are great except Marlon Brando. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! Yeah. <laughs> Comic strips in newspapers or magazines have often been used as the basis of films, but not on such a big scale ever as Richard Donner's Superman the movie. The scenes look as if no money has been spared on them, nor ingenuity for that matter. Both desirable in an elaborate fantasy lasting over two and a quarter hours. It's more than that. It's at least the one I saw. Yeah. Amazon five-star reviews. Amazon five-star review the booze. It's time for Amazon five-star reviews, five-star reviews. I watched the original version at least twice a year with the past for the past several years. The extended TV version allowed me to view it with fresh eyes and experience things I had not experienced since my childhood. There were things that I remembered, but there were a number of scenes and extensions to scenes that I had completely forgotten about. This movie is a is for diehard Superman fans that love collecting Superman memorabilia. If you are not a super fan of the original Superman movie, this may not be for you. Wow. Even though I'm a woman, I don't really cry at movies. This movie makes me weep every dang time. The ideal, the verisimilitude. She doesn't know what that means. The romance. Yeah, she doesn't. The romance. I just can't handle it. I think I'm going to go watch it again. Gotta go. Signed, right. Betty Ford. <laughs> <laughs> After 37 years, Christopher Reeve's portrayal of Superman is still one of the most memorable and best-loved superhero films of all time. This movie is absolutely one of my favorites. It's clean and family-friendly. I highly recommend it to people of all ages. Watch and dare to believe a man can flay, smiley face. Hey, did Superman also have culinary skills that we missed on, too? Flay? No? Okay. This is what actors did back then. They leave behind legends, not the joke actors of today, thinking their opinion matters more than the good people that pay them to perform, when actors just made good characters and let the politicians pop off at the mouth. No virtue virtue signaling here, just good old Christopher Reeves playing the iconic role called Superman. We shall never see his like again. And I say, the only signaling that Christopher Reeves did later on was with his eyebrows. Oh. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you guys this. 
what is your favorite superhero movie? Boy, gun to my head with no time to think. I have to say The Dark Knight. Captain America, First Avenger. I First of all, I'm not arguing. Captain America was astonishing because I was expecting nothing and it was unbelievable. But I, 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 and by the way, I've never said it. Israel, you know this. I've never said this before in my entire life. I ha- hate to say it. I agree with Cote. Like, I've not, I, for me, I do think The Dark Knight might be the best I've ever seen. Right. And I say Captain America Winter Soldier is better than the first Avenger, so whatever. I don't. I didn't, well, Winter Soldier is great. It's a yeah. better movie. It's a, absolutely a better movie. But my favorite superhero movie Fair. is it. It, it establishes the character that I never thought I'd care about. Yep. In such a great way. I like I like I cared about through, through Captain America's entire timeline through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I cared about him so much, and like I didn't know that much about him growing up, but like. Um, I, like uh, what's his name? The guy that played him. That's off, man. He like he he made a, he made a great character out of someone that could be so boring. And yeah, no, I agree. I would also say Blade has to be there. Children, uh, Days of Future Past. I love. I like Blade. I like Logan. I got to think of a couple of them. Winter Soldier, of course, and the last two Avenger films probably round up the top five for me. Amazon one star reviews. Amazon One Star Reviews It's time for Amazon One Star Reviews Amazon One Star Reviews No Spanish No Spanish dubbed Hey, it's not also in German or Italian So stop being so fucking selfish, alright? <laughs> Next one Couldn't get past the first 20 minutes Believe me, I wanted to pull the shoot after the first 20 minutes. No kidding. But to anyone who will be watching the movie for the first time today, it is absolutely horrible. Crazy, ridiculous, impossible plot with murderous explanation holes. Kryptonite. Why does that hurt Superman again and not ordinary humans? The real kicker was when he reversed time by spinning the earth backwards. Oh, God. If you finished high school, this movie isn't for you. (laughs) Update. Uh, uh, Update. Okay, maybe I was a little rough with this review, especially my last few sentences. I apologize for any offense. Wow. <laughs> I've never had an edit go back. First, that's the first update I think we've ever gotten. That's exactly what I was just about to say. First time. And especially for apologizing, especially in an Amazon one star. I think I'll just sum up what I meant to communicate back in 2006. The plot isn't very believable, and the solutions to the problem posed in the movie don't even have a scintilla of sense, even – in my opinion, well, we know it's your opinion, you're writing it, for a superhero movie. Now, isn't it believable that getting bitten by a spider will give you spider powers or that an engineering genius can build an iron suit in his basement? But at least the solutions they present to overcome villains have a foundation reality with a lot of creative creative imagination involved. Unfortunately, unfortunately, not for this movie, turning back by doing, uh, going back in time. Sign the cast of The Big Bang Theory. (laughs) <laughs> this <ain't good. laughs> uh, I got it. Okay, this this one's last two are longish, but they're worth it. The dialogue and acting are atrocious. All the actors and its stars, people like Reeves and Hackman, who are both very good actors, portray their role with a kind of smirky self consciousness, as if to underscore the ridiculousness of the production. The dialogue is an endless stream of boorish cliches from start to finish. This particular quality, the low quality of the dialogue, is overpowering in two, in two sequences. The opening scene on Krypton 
And then the bit was probably as intended as romantic when Superman and Lois Lane go flying around the city. The latter is worse. Lane's voiceover seems like a distillation of the worst elements of dialogue in Harlequin romances, purified to their rotten, insipid core. Dialogue this bad shouldn't exist. The film is unaware whether it wants to be a good campy fun or a serious work of cinema. It tries to be both and fails to be either. The campy plot, dialogue, and acting serve to undermine the seriousness inherent in several of the film's attempts at poignancy. And likewise, the seriousness undermines the film's campiness. Signed, Adam Sandler. Uh, this one rants, but this is, boy, is it worth it. Fake benevolent satanic nonsense. There is a lot of fake benevolence in this world. Earth is flat. There, there is no curve, so there is no ball. No ball, no space. No space, no Superman. There is, however, God who created flat Earth, who is benevolent and who will judge accordingly. For fake globe, see Edward Hendry and Rob Skiba. For fake evolution, see Roger Gallup and Walt Brown. For fake establishment, see Community of 300 by Dr. Coleman and Tex Mars. For truth, see the KJ, KJV Bible and Clarence Larkin. Nature is supernatural. Science cannot explain everything. Synchronized birthing, synchronized spawning, migration, swarming. Creatures and animals live and behave in ways beyond their mental and physical means and are the work of God. The establishment is concealing God beneath a labyrinth of lies. The Christian, in quotes, establishment does nothing to expose the true deception and suppression of god and the true evidence of the miracle that is the literal kjv bible the word of god signed marilyn manson <laughs> what was that see by the way israel you know why i i'm starting to realize i did a bad job because you pad the episode with other people's reviews <laughs> when the guest uh does a bad job i'm starting to realize this last one amazon uh, see, po- to my point Amazon, please post my review. Also, please only post HD reviews and not standard disc reviews. I like him openly pleading with Jeff Bezos to publish his review. Kevin Israel with pins and needles, I asked this question. Has Bill Schultz finally got the sacred cow? You know... He came on. I mean, this is this was this is regardless of everything we said. This is a tough movie, and uh, he came on. Bill, you did a great job. I mean, really. I know where this is going. I know where this is going. Ah, fuck it. You got this one. Congratulations, Billy. What? Yes. Are you serious, Bill (laughs) Schultz? I will co-sign on the gutting. Yay! Our boys find fun as cherries. Yes, you finally got the sacred cow. You may now. Oh my God. Wait by wow, the mailbox really? for a trophy. Yeah, wait by the, wait by the, the way, mailbox you for a trophy. This is all Joy and I are just going to talk about tomorrow. Whether she likes it or not. And it was a, a well argued, slick gutting. So it only took you. Well, it only it only took you five and a half tries. Yeah, I know. And by the way, I by, <laughs> I, I I have to say there is a caveat to this. First of all, I'm very I, I'm I hate how excited I am about this. I am kind of excited, but uh, I really am. Uh, but I um I'm not proud of myself. Because said by your parents I, as well. I, I, I remember watching Superman this weekend, and I, I remember thinking like, "This is too easy," you know. And like, I, I, I want to go to Sacred Cow. That's not this easy, if that makes sense. And uh, I mean, right. first of all, this good. is awesome. I just thought thought you guys would conspire against me uh, yet again. But um, I, this was too easy, and like, I, I got to come up with something that's. Less easy. Uh, but <laughs> I'll take it. Either way, I will take it. Take didn't, your gutting. 
I was just going to say, didn't Joanne teach you how to accept an award with grace when you win it's like a pageant? <laughs> no, I'm not a sociopath like she is. <laughs> <laughs> I must kill the queen. Bill, <laughs> you finally did it, my friend. We're yes! very proud of you. Yes! We're very happy for you. And, I'm happy uh, for myself. Oh, well, listen. Oh, we forgot to tell you at the, t- have it at the top. Where can we find you? What are you up to? Oh, yeah. Um, You guys, uh... You really can't afford not to. Uh, I believe <laughs> it's like that at $9 a month. Uh, although, if you uh, DM me on Twitter, I can get you a much better deal. <laughs> much better deal. Uh, Compound Media, uh, me and the lovely Joanne Nosajitsky, uh, we're on uh, Monday through Thursday, 10 to 11 a.m. on Compound Media. Lots of other fine programming there. Lots of the people on Compound Media have been on this show and killed it. Um and yeah, do it. I mean, look, the world sucks. We're all going to die. Compound Media will, is there for you. Um, yeah. I should have thought out this plug better than I did. Just but, um, if, if, guys, if there's a lot of fun. If there's a red sun outside, we'll, uh, we'll email you for one more appearance on the show then. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you'll you'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll go next. You'll see me and Lynette Palladino on Compound Meeting in the very near future. This episode yes. will air the week that I'm on with Lynette. I forgot what the date is, Bill. You have it handy. It's in I have April. It. Yeah, yeah, I can find my. You'll phone. see me on there. But yeah, guttingthesacredcow.com at GTSC Podcast, and also like like I had said. Don't forget, we're now going to be on Clubhouse twice a week, Tuesdays at nine, doing comedy work, one joke workshop. So bring out your comedian, come on in, stop in and work out your one joke. Thursday nights, we talk movie talk. So we'll be on Thursday nights at eight on Clubhouse, KevinGoatee.com. And like I had said, a five-star rating, two or three sentence review on, uh, on the podcast platform of choice, as well as YouTube. Thanks again for being all of our fans and friends. Kevin Israel, how about you? What are you up to, buddy? KevinIsrael.com. Got some dates coming in. I am at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut at least once a month. Ooh, so I like that. There. Yeah. And um, more importantly, leave us a five-star rating and a, and a review, please. It helps us, and it means a lot to us, and it makes Kevin in my day because he gets to text me something, and he sounds excited. <laughs> oh, and Israel, I, like, I, we, I owe you some dates because, um, yeah, you know, yeah, know. He, he's got to do Laura Lee, Laura Lee stuff. And so last, last, last time he couldn't make it on, but, um, I'm going to send you some stuff for la- uh, late April. Yeah. Uh, let me know what works and you know, Joanne and I are flexible, but, uh, we need to get you back. Awesome. I'd love to guys. Thank you uh, so much. I, for- I love everything about you aside from your t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at that. The Hatfields and the McCoys could have a nice day picnic together. <laughs> Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, Bill Schultz, thanks again for listening. Thanks to for having me, guys. It's a blast. We love, you. We, we love you, pal. You know that. We'll take care. See you guys later. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.